fourth blessing. Hallelujah. I'm glad there's not anything that's too hard for the Lord. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 11 tonight. Numbers chapter 11. And if you'll find 1 Timothy 6, we're going to go there right at the end, uh, right toward the end of the message. Uh, but Numbers chapter 11, that's where we'll initially read. And then 1 Timothy 6 for later, if you'll find that and mark it in your Bible some way, shape, or form. And we'll try to keep on moving. If you're going to eat snacks while we have service tonight, just don't crunch those too loud, if you will. Appreciate that very much. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tiberah because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as coriander seed, and the color thereof as the color of bellium. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. Um... If you'll leave your Bible open there, we're going to look at this story for a little bit with this thought in mind. No matter what, trust God. No matter what's going on, we can always trust God. Let's pray. We'll get going. <clears throat> Father, once again, we just thank you for your goodness of allowing us to have the ability to gather electronically. I don't know how else to say it. But I pray that our hearts will be turned toward you now, that distractions would be a minimal, Lord, that we would take it seriously as we get into your word, that we'd be focused on what you have for us. I pray, dear God, that you'd meet with us, that you'd speak to us through the preaching of your word, that you'd help us to be stronger. Lord, we're, we're facing uncertain times, but we know we can always, always trust you, no matter what's going on in our lives. We pray for that unction to preach that only you can give. We trust, that you'll, we trust that you'll do that for us, for we ask it in the perfect name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so very much. <clears throat> it seems to get worse and worse. This time that we're living in, it seems to get worse and worse that this thing about negativism, 
No matter where you turn, it seems like people are complaining, griping, murmuring about something. I mean, whether it's a work, school, a wife, a husband, a parent, a child, a manager, personal hardships, accidents, unemployment, ruined plans, frustrations, failures, disappointments, an employer, an employee, food, clothing, shelter, personal problems, financial problems, sorrows, despondency, uh, rejection, suffering, bad health, position status, the COVID-19 virus, or a multitude of other things. Everywhere you go, negative, 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 negative. But we have to remember as the children of God that different trials are going to happen in our lives. And the question is, is how are we going to react when they do come? I mean, are we going to decide to trust God and allow Him to work in our lives through whatever we may have to go through? Or are we just going to gripe and grumble and complain or even get mad at God because things are happening in our life? And the thing is, is when we react wrong, it can not only hurt us, it can hurt those that are around us. So we have to take note. But honestly, when we act in such a manner or react in such a manner, it shows our lack of trust in God. Because we do declare there is a God in heaven. We do declare he is on his throne and he's all powerful. And then we act in such a way, really, we're saying we don't trust God to meet our needs or we don't trust in his goodness or, or we don't trust in his power to overcome things or we don't trust that he is able to bring us through all these things and give us victory, excuse me, in the end of it all. And that's really exactly what we see in this passage of Scripture that we're looking at tonight. Because people complained about their problems. Uh, again, there in, in verse number, uh, number one, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them, consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. They complained about their problems. They had been, count, uh, been camped out around uh, Mount, Mount Sinai for 11 months. And then they started this great journey onto the promised land. Um, at this point, three days ago, they'd been traveling for three days. Three days. They'd been looking forward to getting there. They'd been looking forward to going to the place that God had promised them. But in three short days, their whole attitude changed and it changed because it wasn't working out the way that they thought it was going to work out. Because things were just a lot tougher than they thought they should be. And it's almost like they were asking, why doesn't God make this easier? Or why doesn't God do something about this? And so they had this bad critical spirit and basically were blaming God. And we read it right there. God heard their complaining and he says he was angry about it. He still hears complaining. And fire came and fell on the camp, verse number two, and the people cried, uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse number one, and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the, uh, parts of the camp. It it fell on the camp and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. It fell on the outskirts. You know, that's usually where the complaining begins, with those on the outskirts. 
those on the fringes, those on the outer edges, those, are right, those, those that are not right in the middle of things, those that are hanging out on the edge. It consumed them, those that dwelt on the fringes. Those that, those that dwell out on the fringes usually end up in casualty. Those that dwell out on the fringes of the camp, they're usually the ones that fall away. Those that dwell out on the fringes of the camp, those are usually ones that finally just fall off and fall out and go back and go, do, go to do things that, that, that they shouldn't be doing. It's very important that we do not allow ourselves to dwell on the fringe of Christianity. We, we, need to, we, we need not to be waiting in the shallows, but we need to be trying to get in over our head, doing everything we can, just get in as deep as we can, because that's where God wants us. He wants us where he is in complete control of our lives, where we're not questioning him about what he's wanting us to do, that we're just following him, whatever he would have us to do. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. And so these people, fire fell on them and they went looking for Moses. Verse number two, and the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. So they went looking for help. They went looking for Moses. Well, how'd they know where to find Moses? Well, the tabernacle was right in the center of the camp. That's where the presence of God was. And they, moved, they, they knew that Moses would be there. They knew that they would find him there, right there in the presence of God. Hey, we need to go find Moses. Where's Moses at? He's at the center of the camp. You know, he just stays around that tabernacle, around where God is. He's right there. No, no, they didn't have to ask where Moses was. They knew exactly where Moses was. He was right there in the center of the camp. It's so important for you and I to stay close to God. Because sometimes, somewhere along your road of life, there's going to be someone else that needs your help. Come on, we're supposed to be strong in the Lord because there's going to be somebody else that needs our encouragement, somebody else that needs our help. I mean, there's going to be people along the way. So we need to live so that they will know where to come when they go looking for God. Isn't it a wonderful thing when someone calls you and says, will you pray about this? Somebody texts you, will you pray about this? Will somebody, when somebody messages you on Facebook, whatever case, will you please pray with me about this? That they would think highly enough that you're close enough to God, that they would ask you for help in getting in touch with God and praying with God, praying for God about something. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. These people didn't cry out to God. They weren't looking for someone that could do it for them. And there's people out there that truly want to be closer to God. They they want to know God, but they've not put any effort into it. They're out there on the fringes. And I'm telling you, there's going to come a time when they're going to need some help and they need somebody to come to. So it's important for, it's important for somebody to stay close to God. Somebody to stay in the center of the camp. And they called that place to bear. Verse number three says, and he called the name of the place to bear because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. That word to bear just means a burning a place of judgment, some place that should have been a warning to others because of what happened. No, do you understand this was a real story? This really did happen? That the people could be in the gripe and moan and claim, uh, 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 complain 
and murmur against God and what God was trying to do in their lives and what God was, was, uh, how God was leading them and what God was supplying for them. And they begin to gripe and moan and complain. And why doesn't God just make this easier? And why is it this work in the way that we should? And fire fell on the camp. Now, I don't know how that came about. I don't know if it was fire out of the sky. I don't know if it was lightning bolts. I know that's pretty good about, you know, burning things up. But I mean, it began to consume these people that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. No, I'm talking about here's a pile of ashes over here, and here's a pile of ashes over here, and here's a pile of ashes over here because these people are griping, moaning, complaining, and they're going, oh man, boy, look at John, and look at George, and look at Fred. And I mean, man, they used to be, and now they're not anymore. And they went running and looking for help, and they ran to the center of camp because they knew that's exactly where Moses, they knew that's exactly where Moses would be. Moses, would you please pray for us? Pray for me. I'm telling you, we need some help. I mean, the fire is coming, and we don't want this to happen. It was a place of judgment. It was some place that should have been a warning for others. It was a place that when later on, when they would pass by that place, and they would see those very things, they'd say, Grandpa, why did that happen? And Dad, why did this go on? Well, those people, they weren't trusting God, and they, they just griped about everything, and, and they couldn't just put their faith and trust in God. And so the fire fell, and it should be a warning to others when things like that happen. It is an amazing thing how sin comes in somebody's life, and, and, and they fall because of it, and great is the fall of it, and their life isn't what it could be if they would have just stayed close to God. And isn't it something that we can't learn from the mistakes of others so that we don't fall back in the same old trap? It's so important. It's so important. Our lack of trust in God is sin. And when we begin to complain and grumble and murmur against him because of the hardships in our life, it is sin. And sin brings judgment. We know that. We know that. Okay, so we don't do dope and we don't smoke and we don't drink and we don't go out and we don't crowd and we don't dance and we don't go do all these things. But I'm telling you, an unbelief in God and, and, and griping, complaining and murmuring against God, more people, more people fell under judgment in the Old Testament because of their murmuring than because of any other sin. We have to be careful. We say we trust God and then we don't. And sin always brings judgment. See, they allowed their carnal hearts of unbelief to take over. Instead of by faith, trusting that God, who had brought them out of bondage, he brought them out of Egypt, he, instead of trusting him to go ahead and lead them to that place of victorious Christian living, we're talking about the promised land, that, that, and, 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 and they, they, they did not trust him. He had delivered them. He had shown, him how, shown them how mighty he is, and they would not trust him. And the sad part about that is that they did it over and over and over and over again. They did it when they had no water in Exodus chapter 17. They did it when they, uh, they, wanted, to go back in, uh, they wanted to go back to Egypt in Numbers chapter 14. They griped because Moses and Aaron's leadership in Numbers chapter 16. They complained because of God's judgment of sin in Numbers chapter 16. They were, they, they, they were all signs. All of those were signs of distrust and unbelief in God. And it's the very same way, ladies and gentlemen. Please listen. It's the very same way when we complain. It reveals our true heart that we don't believe in God's goodness, that, that we don't believe that he is in control and that he can work through any situation. I'm telling you, God's still in control. No matter what's going on, no matter how we see things, 
God is still in control. And a heart that truly trusts God will pray and ask for his help and trust his guidance that he gives. I'm just saying that a trusting heart doesn't grumble and complain against people, doesn't grumble or complain against situations. It doesn't grumble or complain against fellow believers and certainly not against God or not against God's servants. Those complaints are not against other people, but those complaints are against the Lord himself. It's a lack of faith in his word, a love for sin more than a love for God. But there should be no place for that in a believer's life. No, 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 no. Griping and complaining will always, 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 always make things worse. It always make things worse. Griping, complaining, not trusting God, it will never help anything. So this happened. They ran to Moses. He prayed for them. The fire was quenched. And then they started complaining some more. with the stench still in her nostrils. No, no, no. No, no, come on, it really happened. Y'all still with me here? Burning bodies. That's a pretty good sign y'all to straighten up, isn't it? That's a pretty good sign y'all to probably do something different. Different. That's Oklahoma for different. Different. Probably I'll do something different. But they complained some more. Verse number four. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onion, the garlic, but now our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all, well, beside this manna, before our eyes. See, they weren't, they weren't happy with what God supplied. Wasn't good enough. He'd given them all they needed. They had this manna. Well, and that's the way they referred to it, wasn't it? This manna. Beside this manna, this manna. Can you sense a spirit of discontentment? A spirit of dissatisfaction with what God had provided? Very apparently from everything you can read and study about manna, it was a delicious food and it was given by God himself. It was like a coriander seed and it looked like resin from the plant or a tree. It was gathered, it was ground, it was crushed, it was cooked and made into these cakes and, and apparently tasted like something that was made with olive oil. And, and the thing is, no, the thing is about this is it, became, it, it came miraculously from God. It came from God. If we're not careful, we'll get to thinking that where God has us or those things that God has supplied, stay with me here, those things that God has supplied for us is just not good enough. Just not enough. If we're not, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll get, to look in, we'll get to looking back to the old life. 
thinking that we had it better, better back then. Or we get to looking around at what other people have. Or we get to looking at people's lives and thinking, well, they're not having to go through this. They're not having to face this. Why, why, why does it seem so much better to, for them than it does for me? But that's never good. It's never good when we're just not putting our faith and trust in God. And whatever, whatever, he, whatever he's supplying for us and wherever he has us and wherever he's trying to take us. See, God knows where you are. And he knows what you need. And he has a plan for your life. God has a plan for all of our lives. He had a plan for our lives before we were ever born. The trouble comes when we decide that his plan is not good enough for us. We want it different. We we don't like it. We just can't believe that God wouldn't treat us better than the way he's treating us. This doesn't make good sense. You know, it's really something. Job was put through a lot of trials in his life. And really, when you mention Job, that's the first thing you think about. No, 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 no. You mentioned Job. Uh, and Job, oh, man, Job, man, did he ever go through it? Boy, I mean, what he, boy, oh, Job, man, I'm glad. I, boy, I mean, he went through stuff. No, that's, no, no, that's, a, that's the first thing we think about. First and foremost, when we mention Job is those things. But think about this. Please stay stay with me here. Think about this. Job was a good man. He was a good man. No, no, no. He loved his family. He loved to have family get-togethers. He'd get all the family together, man, have a good time. He he talked to God daily. And not only for himself, but for his entire family. I mean, he was a good man. I mean, a good, good man. And yet, yet still he had to go through some trials in his life. And through it all, he never, ever turned his back on God. The Bible says he never charged God foolishly. He he never gave up trusting God. And when the time was right and God's purpose was done, God rewarded Job abundantly. Listen to me, please. God rewarded Job abundantly just for his faithfulness to him. For his faithfulness to him. He stayed true. He just kept going on, kept doing the right things. Come on, stay with me here. He just kept doing the right thing. Job, why were you blessed? I don't know why I was blessed. I just kept doing what I was supposed to do. I just stayed on that path. I just kept on going. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful that God blesses faithfulness. I mean, just faithfulness. Sometimes I've only made it through what I've gone through just because I've decided to go through what God wanted me to go through. Just faithfulness. And God does bless faithfulness. Just staying faithful. Just doing the things that God wants us to do. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. Year in, year out. I mean, just being faithful. He blessed Job's faithfulness. The whole, no, 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 listen. Listen, don't, don't go, don't, 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 don't go to sleep. It's comfortable there on the couch. Don't go to sleep. You know, if Job had listened to his, uh, if Job had listened to his friends, <laughs> it may not have turned out so well. Mercy, we have to trust God more than we trust anything and anybody. So very important. 
Because see, one of the reasons that Israel, one of the reasons that Israel is complaining was because they were listening to the wrong crowd. It says they were with a mixed multitude. This was a group, stay with me here. This was a group that was just there. They were traveling, you know, but they weren't really plugged in. They were there with them, but they weren't really with them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no. I mean, they were there for the, the food and the water and the miracles and all things. Man, all this stuff is great. All the blessings of God, aren't they good? But they weren't really plugged in. They didn't re- weren't really trusting God. They weren't really listening to God. They, they weren't really, no, 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 no. I mean, again, think about it. How could they already be back to the very same frame of mind so quickly after this Tibera experience? Again, the, the stench of flesh had to still be in their nostrils. I mean, were they, really, were they really that selfish? Were they really that unbelieving? Were they really that hard-hearted? Were they really that stubborn? Were they really that defiant to God? Or was it that they were mixed in with the crowd that they should have been avoiding? There comes a time we have to decide we're going to separate. They were listening to those who were not satisfied, and it corrupted their thinking. Well, I just don't know why they, and I just, and I tell you, if I was in charge, and I tell you, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, 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 all negative, 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 negative. Doesn't pay to listen to that. No, it brought them to, no, listen to me, it brought them to a place they started thinking about things they used to have. We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks, the onions and the garlic. Anybody got any rollades? They're rough. But now our soul is dried away, and there's nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. All those things they talked about, those were the things they had in Egypt. And we know Egypt is always a type of the world there in the the Bible. They they didn't remember, please listen to me, they didn't remember the bondage. They didn't remember the bad things. I mean, just the things that they wanted, just the ones that they wanted, those things in their past, those things that, you know, and it caused them to murmur and to gripe and complain about where God had them and what what he was doing and trying to lead them. Our Christian life is a journey. It's not a destination. Oh, oh, no, no. The final destination is what we're looking for. But as we travel day by day, we just need to be sure that we are right where God wants us to be. And if we are, doesn't it show distrust in him if we're not satisfied? Shouldn't we be doing all that we can to be content where God has us? Truly? These people were were on a journey. They were on a journey to God's promised land. Something that they had been looking forward to, and yet because it was not playing out exactly the way that they thought it should, pardon me, they began to gripe. And they brought judgment. So it brings us down to this, really. What about you? 
What, what, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, are you trusting God? I mean, in your journey to victorious Christian living, being more Christ-like, being where God would have you to be, I mean, are you trusting God? Do you get upset when he doesn't supply everything you think that you need? Does it, does it make you mad when he seemingly is trying to take something away from you? Do you get upset as he continues to try to conform you into the image of his son? Here's a good question. Do you believe that God knows what is best for your life? Are you resting in him? Right now, the situation that we are in is so fluid, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Truly, we don't. And I don't want to be cliche. I'm not trying to just be cliche, but we do know who holds tomorrow. And we're going to have to trust God through all of this. We're going to have to trust Him. I mean, really trust Him. And we know this, for without a doubt, we know this, God is faithful. He's faithful. And He'll meet our needs, and He'll take care of us, without a doubt. We just need to trust Him. No, 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 we don't need to think about what if, and we don't need to think about, well, if I just, and no, 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 we just need to trust God. Well, preacher, what do you think God's going to do in all this? I honestly don't know what he's trying to accomplish, but I know this. I know this. I know as of right now, no, no, stay with me here. I know as of right now, all the bar rooms are shut down. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've drove through this city just praying that all the bar rooms would burn down. No, I'm serious. Not with the death of people, not with the carcasses and dust, that's what I'm talking about, but just burn down. I, I can't tell you how many times I wish that the boat would just sink out there. I know it's not a real boat, but I, the, just a casino would be wiped out. Bring it on. Well, they're all closed right now. There's so many distractions that are out of our way right now. I can't believe all these places closed and I just don't. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're not trusting God. He's got a purpose. I can't believe we're all going to stay at home. What are we going to do at home? Uh, get to know each other again? Have a little extra time to spend with God? God? 
God does nothing by accident. God does nothing by mistake. God knows exactly what's going on. And he knows, no, no, no. And he's, he knows exactly what he's trying to accomplish. And if we look at this more like, I just don't understand all this. And I'm telling you, I'm so mad. And we're not trusting God. We are not trusting God if our attitude is like that. I'm telling you, God's got a purpose for all this. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, what's going to happen if we don't? And how can I? And what if we don't? I'm telling you, no, 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 stop it. I'm telling you, we have to trust God. Because he's trying to get us somewhere. And with all of the distractions out of the way, if we'll focus on him, he may just take our country to a different spiritual level. Come on, I know the White House wasn't going to get us there. Not to a different spiritual level. No, 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 no. But in something like this, God can get us there if we'll trust Him. More time with Him. Trusting Him to provide. Trusting Him to supply. Trusting Him for our needs. Resting in Him. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, I am in therewith to, uh, ever, whatever, whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Turn over to 1 Timothy 6. We'll close. Turn over to 1 Timothy 6. Stay with me. We're doing great here. 1 Timothy 6. Look at verse number 1. I'm going to read it. I'm not going to do a whole lot of preaching, but I want to read this to you. may do a little bit of preaching, so don't check out on me, okay? 1 Timothy 6, verse 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we, are, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we, carry, we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they erred from the faith and pierced himself through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, 
Oh, lady of God. Oh, boy of God. Oh, girl of God. Oh, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. No matter what happens, we can trust God. No matter what's going on, we can trust God. Don't let this get you to a place of distrust. Don't let this get you to a place of being distraught. Don't let this get you to a place of wondering How's God going to get us out of this? I'm telling you, God is still working. And He's still trustworthy. And He's going to bring us through this. So no matter what goes on, just keep trusting Him. Don't look to the ways of the world. Don't trust in the ways of man. Just keep trusting God. Draw close to Him. He'll never let you down. God is faithful. He is faithful. I'd like to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that we need to be careful. I, 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 know, that, I know that we need to, I know that we de- definitely need to um, keep our eyes upon you because you do have a plan. Even when we don't know what you're trying to uh, accomplish, you have a plan. And you want what's best for us. You're there for us. And we have to learn to trust you. No matter way, the way thing, no matter how things look, no matter how things are going, Father, we need to learn to trust you. To keep our eyes upon you. And we are living in a time, and, and, and we do have these restrictions upon us, Lord, that give us um, a little more time in our lives. And I pray you to help us to devote that time to you, to draw closer to you. And even though it may be a hardship to some, that we might all trust you, that you're going to meet needs that you'll always be there for us. I pray that you'd work mightily in our hearts and our lives, that you'd increase our faith. Lord, that you'd send revival to homes, to hearts, that you'd just be there for us as only you can be. I pray, Lord, that uh, however you may have spoken to hearts tonight, that folks would just yield whatever you're trying to do. Help us not to gripe, to murmur and complain about what's going on. Help us to learn to trust you more. Lord, bless these next few moments as we draw closer to you. We pray and thank you for your goodness. I'm going to have Brother Bronner play softly. We'll just take a moment or two here. Maybe you Maybe God has spoken to your heart tonight. Why don't you take time to pray there? 
in your home with your family. However God may have dealt with you, that you just let him have his way. Will not go wrong. He does have a plan. Maybe we just need to ask him to increase our faith. Help us in our walk. Whatever God wants to do in your life, I pray you'll let him have his way. appreciate you joining in with us tonight for the service and I trust that you have listened to the Lord and whatever he would have you to do we can trust him no matter what's going on in our world today we can trust him um, I'm sure most of you have already heard of the amended declaration that begins at 1201 uh, a.m. Tuesday um, of the shelter in place and that we're not going to be out and about. Most of us are not to be out and about. And so uh, I'm not really not sure exactly how the Wednesday night service will go, but there will be a Wednesday night service, whether it's broadcast from my study or however we might be able to do that. I certainly want to keep everybody safe and in accordance with what's going on. And so we'll decide for sure exactly how we're going to do that in the next day. Um, the main thing is I'm going to ask you just to stay safe and to listen to civil authority at this time. Uh, certainly, if you have need, please call the church. Uh, please, please, please let us know, and we'll help in any way that we can. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody in any, I don't want to put anybody in, in, in any place of undue danger, whatever, however you might want to look at that, but I want you to know that I'm going to be here for you, and if you have any need at all, um, and then let me encourage you, pray for one another, and I know many of you do, but uh, really pray for one another during this time uh, that we might keep a sense of unity in our church, um, and uh, the main thing is that our lives during this time will honor and glorify God and that we can be a help to others that are around us uh, to help them to make it through this time also. Thank you so very much for taking time out uh, of your schedule to be in tonight. Again, if you have any uh, need, uh, please Call the church. If you have any prayer requests, please call the church. The church office will be open regular hours. Um, God bless you all. Um, I wish I could have seen you face to face, but um, maybe here in the near future, if we just continue to uh, pray and pray and pray some more. 
We'll see what God's going to do on all this. God bless you all, and good night.